Wait, are you... <laughs> are you gonna count me in? Whatever. I'm just gonna go for it. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say Queen's rule. But they don't. Queen's lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. And they're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. Now here's your host, Amy Singleton, the queen of realness, leading conversations about business, life, and the real shit you want to know. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Queen's Lead Podcast. I am your host, Amy Singleton, and the last few guests have told me they were very disappointed that I was not wearing an actual crown when they hopped on this Zoom call. So for those of you just listening and not watching on YouTube, I do have a real live Queen's Lead crown now. So as the guests say something very queenly or leaderly, I will be placing that on my head along with our normal mic drop moments. So today we are very excited to be well into season two with Caitlin Gonzalez. This lady has been all over social media in my circles and everyone's all of us talking about her. So I can't wait to hear your story. I don't know much about it yet. I just know it's impactful and amazing. So welcome, Caitlin. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be on the show. Thank Caitlin you for does something. Me. Absolutely. We are so happy to have you here because you do something that most business owners are like, mm, not for me. Don't want to do it. Don't put me on camera. She makes reels, guys real deal, the real deal, small business videography. She comes to your business and takes reels for you and takes that off your plate. Tell us about yourself, Caitlin, and how you got started into real deal videography. Yeah. So a little bit about me. Um, I actually got my degree in psychology, but I actually have fallen in love with marketing, um, so much, but, um, what I love to do is, I'm sorry. What was the question again? A little bit about and how you got started. How I yeah. got started. Okay. Yeah. How? Just tell us about you first. Tell us about Caitlin. What are you okay. all about? Okay. So yeah, I graduated uh, in 2018 with my psychology degree, and um, I have a husband of three years and a two-year-old daughter, and we live out here in Choctaw, and we really love it. And um, I really have just always had an entrepreneurial spirit. So that's just a little bit about me. Awesome. And what were you doing? So you you're just been going to school this whole time. Have you been out like in? corporate America or had other like, like jobs outside of owning your own business before now? Well, I graduated in 2018. And then from there, I was just actually looking for jobs that just wanted a degree. So, um, worked at AAA. And then right after that, that is when I started going into like the more like owning your own business stuff. It kind of started with like solar. And then I'm like, well, that's not totally for me, but I like marketing and sharing about businesses with people and but I've always had a knack for video editing I had no idea that that was something that other people did not like to do I had no idea (laughs) (laughs) they hate I hate it (laughs) I was like wow this is like a gift that I can make something out of so that is kind of like what brought me here a little bit today so what was your intention? Now, where did you go to school and where'd you get your psychology degree from? Well, I went to Randall University and like oh, more. 
Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, that's where I got it from. And what was your intention when you started off with psychology? Was it to go into some kind of therapy or to be a therapist or what, what was your intention behind that degree? Because it's so fascinating. I also yeah. was very interested in psychology when I was in college and was like, you know, didn't pursue it, but like, so I'm wondering what, yeah. what was your intention there? I, I loved the classes. That was really fun. <laughs> Those classes were so cool. Don't um, you love just diagnosing everyone in your life when you hear about a new thing? Like, oh, you are definitely experiencing that. Yeah. I psychoanalyzed a lot of people in my <laughs> <Everyone>. life. <laughs> and, but I also found that I could use psychology in any like job field. Um, you do really use it. I kind of, I thought I was going to be like a counselor, but I really had no idea that you would have to go get your master's or further, um, yeah. to get something like that. So I realized that with a bachelor's, you really, you're going to be a case manager, stuff like that. And that is actually what I was about to do on August 7th. That is the job that I was about to start was finally using my degree and I couldn't do oh, it. Wow. Yeah. On August 7th. And the, but what happened on August 6th? So four days. Yeah. I guess it was August, August 3rd. Yeah. Second, oh, wow. third. Like I, what happened was someone that we know, Kate, which is Ace Fat Company, she was coming into the store that I have in Shawnee Mall um, that it's been kind of a slower going business because of that place. It's not a very busy place in Shawnee Mall. Okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> but she has that HVAC company and we have like a home and garden store. So I was trying to, oh. yeah. So they can like rent spaces on the wall and stuff. And so I was meeting her, trying to tell her about the store. And I just, at that point, I was so burnt out. I could not put the front on anymore. And something about her energy allowed me to be vulnerable with her. And I was just like, girl, I can't, <laughs> you don't even have to come. I just want to be your friend. Like, let's be friends. And something about our conversation that day was just like, if you burn out here, like what, you know, and it just kind of led to this. And then I thought I would need to work directly with a social media manager person. I was like, I'm going to have to go hand in hand, like be subcontracted out. But then I realized that it could be a standalone business. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And so it was four days before I was supposed to start that job. And I had someone that was like, let's go downtown Shawnee. Let's, you know, build up your portfolio. Let's do all these things. And then Sunday morning, she texted me and she was like, that was so much fun yesterday. I want to be your first client. And wow. <laughs> yeah. And then even a couple of weeks later, I was like, you know, Kayla, did you really enjoy that experience or did you just not want me to give up so easily or like what was it and she was like I could have told you on Monday you know I told you on Sunday for a reason but I yeah I really did enjoy it so I was like well I got my first client I can't show up Monday morning now <laughs> kind of how that went <laughs> wow yeah. you know that's that's so great kudos to you and to Kate I know Kate Prito I think you're talking about yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> with Familia, the nice yeah. little shout out to our, our friend there here in town. Um, shout out to you because I, this is a conversation and I don't know your age, but I'm assuming it starts with a two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and barely. It, yeah, barely. But you know, that's something I didn't realize I, you know, the two comes at the end of my age now I'm 42. So realizing back then, 
that I could turn around, pivot, and then go, you know, pivoting. People like to say pivot a lot, but you have to pivot and then go, right? You have to yes. pivot and go somewhere. And so the 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 decision that you made to pivot and go somewhere else after getting that degree, after spending all that time, after spending all that money, after your yeah. family and your parents and everyone else's expectations have been built around you and what you're going to do with this psychology degree. Yeah. Um, was that hard for you? I mean, it yeah. sounds like it was a pretty easy decision, but you may have been mulling over that discomfort for a while. Yeah, I, it was definitely like an uncomfortable thing. And I've always heard people talk about like, people feel imprisoned to their degree or something like that. And I'm like, well, it is kind of easy to feel that way whenever you do have this giant number that you spent on this piece of paper, that's what it is at the end of the day. But I am, I am so happy that it seems like the world is going more at a, like a experience angle rather than like, go get that piece of paper to do what you want to do. It's really what I've learned is it's all about experience and networking. Like that is the biggest things, you know, who do you Um, know? Yeah. And it, that was the first time that was a big deal during those four days because I had gone to a conference back in May in Shawnee and that's where I connected with a lot of people there. And that was the first time in my life that I felt supported on the front side, left side. Everyone was around me supporting me completely with no ulterior motives. It was just amazing. That's queen leadership right there. Those women that swarm you that say, come on, girl, let's go. And your bravery for going to that kind of thing. I remember walking into my first networking meeting. People never believe me when I say this, girl. Three and a half years ago or so, I was in a Zoom BNI meeting. So if anyone that knows what BNI is, it's a pretty low, it's a pretty low stress situation once you get to know it. But I would yeah. tremble and shake with my paper in my hand and worry. And the president of the group had to put me at the very beginning of the day because I was so scared to speak. I had no idea how to take that leap and engage and network with other people. So bravo yeah. for doing that. Yeah, thank you. And it really feels like it's because like the community that we've built specifically in like the OKC Women Business and other things is just like that it's relationships first and business will follow type thing. So it kind of takes away that pressure of like, you better have your 10 second pitch down or nobody's going to talk to you. It's really like relationship building and it's really opened up so many doors. Yeah, for sure. So obviously psychology translates into videography and video editing. And I'm sure you've experienced already people being terrified to be on camera. Mm -hmm. Tell us about, tell us about your process and the clients you have so far and kind of what you've been able to do for them. Yeah. So that is a big thing with clients is like the stress, the not wanting to be on camera. So that's why my concept is, you know, I want to do this once a month for you. So if they do feel the need to prepare, it's one time a month. They're not having to constantly think of what they're going to say in front of a camera. Um, And then the other things that's a part of my process that makes them feel comfortable is number one, I, I will say my personality helps people like be comfortable. And then I don't bring a big camera. I actually capture on my iPhone 14 Pro. And nice. like, <laughs> Apple's making these phones super high tech, you know, it's fine. Um, I have a mic set that goes with it, but that's like as far as techie as I go right now. So I don't 
bring a big camera and a shot list or scripts. Like I don't bring those things and it really keeps my business owners comfortable because I'm like, all we need to worry about is a hook, a call to action at the end and really just raw organic, like behind the scenes content or whatever, however commercially you want it to look, it's just dependent on the business owner. But if they're okay, the gap that I'm trying to fill is what is impossible for them to capture. So what Mm -hmm. I have found in the last eight weeks is like people that could have the ability to set their phone up on the tripod and talk to it. They're not exactly my customer unless they like my editing, um, editing style on that. But really where I have found my like full fledged niche is people are moving and it's literally impossible for them to capture what they're doing. And that's the gap that I like to fill, you know, and doing that for them. Yeah, that's so great. So um, tell us about um, um, some of the, like the client, tell us about Kate, like what have you done? What have those reels looked like for them? So it looks like whenever I worked with Kate, it was in Norman and they were working at an apartment complex and it was like replacing an air handler. And so I was just getting the whole process of it um, and then putting in the new handler. So it was a lot of like movement. Um, Paula with Discount Moving, I uh, helped her with like the moving company. Um, Hi, Paula. Yeah. (laughs) And also uh, like hair, hairstylists and estheticians love my service and cleaning services. They're just like moving and I'm just capturing them. And then I also like to do like educational tidbits um, and they can do that too. And I've, I've been like working with some things on how to make those a little bit more engaging too, with like the blurred backgrounds and the captions and things like that. So that's fun. Yeah. So I love like ASMR, behind the scenes, organic content, anything like that. Yeah. That's awesome. So there doesn't have to be a script uh, while you're there necessarily. You can just capture all that behind the scenes and then go back and then edit something later. Do you later add on like voiceovers or just, you know, text later on to the reels or, or what is, um, yeah, so typically I don't do a voiceover. I'll do like music and typography on top of the uh, video. So that's why I really like to work with the business owner because the main thing for me is understanding their voice values and vision so that we can really capture so that their audience, it looks like it's coming from them. You know, it's what they yeah. would say. It's how they would put it. Um, and so they really like that. And so And then I just upload these videos to like a drive. And so then they can just download them. They can upload these as reels, stories, videos, TikToks, YouTube shorts, however they want to upload them. And they don't have to worry about the symbols or anything like that. Yeah, that's awesome. So So you're just putting it all in a drive folder for them to go back and later use that whenever and wherever they, their content schedule meets. Exactly. Yeah. That's so great. Tell, yeah. what, where was your, uh, where did you get the video editing experience? Well, um, it has kind of just been developed, um, over the last like 10 or 15 years. Um, there was some situations in my family life that we really need to like share with the public about what was going on. And so that was kind of, I guess, the start of editing experience, Um, And then with the business that my dad 
brother and I started at the beginning of this year with the solar company. It's really the first solar storefront in Oklahoma. And I, my part in that business was the marketing side. It was pushing it to all these different cities around here. And so that is how I kind of found that that was my niche because when we would go out and say our business name, people was like, oh yeah, I've seen you on social media. I'm like, yes, it's working. What is it? I, so you mentioned that you were in solar a little bit, but I didn't realize that was, this was your family business as well. Yeah. So I started at the first company was just not a good company. And we realized that to be a good company, we have to start our own type of thing. Ah, Um, Okay. So yeah, ours is called Sublime Solar Home and Garden Solutions. So it was, it's a store in Shawnee Mall and it's not only solar. We have other um, companies that come set up like windows, roofing, concrete. So we want it to be like a year round home and garden show. And then the retail- Yeah, the retail is made in Oklahoma, like garden decor products. We have like 15 producers and then solar gadgets. So that's our retail over there. But that is And that's in Shawnee Mall? Yeah. That's so great. So you definitely had some experience marketing for them before. Was that while you were still in school? Well, I graduated a little while ago, um, but this was 2018 seems like yesterday to me. I know. That was (laughs) literally like last year. (laughs) It really is crazy. Five years, lady. Yeah. Can you believe that? (laughs) I can't. Can you believe the C word was almost four years ago? I can't believe that. Like that uh, we're gonna call it the C word. The C word, you know. That's <laughs> I great. can't believe that it was. Um, but that is where like my knack for marketing, and that really is where I got the like marketing experience and confidence of having my own business now because I was doing the building blocks of that business, like the inventory contracts, <clears throat> invoicing, and you know, all of those things. Um, and bumping shoulders with like business owners for the last eight or nine months has definitely helped. So yeah, for sure. So (laughs) tell us about, you said you've always had kind of that entrepreneurial spirit and I think I did too, but I didn't know it because I didn't really have an example in my life. The only Mm. example I had really was my grandfather and he died when I was very young. Um, so I think it's in my blood and in my genes, but I didn't know what was it what was it that in you, was there an example in your life, your parents, I sound like business owners, who else was that, um, was that driving factor? I would say my dad did have a big part in it. Um, he is what we call a visionary and this store is so hard to, yeah, so... <laughs> we're, we're tough. We're, we, yeah, yeah, we got a lot of ideas, huh? <laughs> yes. This store was a visionary idea that would have just stayed in his head but I am what we call an integrator. So every day I was like, what are we doing for this business? How are we moving forward? What steps are we taking? So like that is, so I kind of learned a little bit from him on like, if you only have a vision and it just stays there, you're just gonna stay there. And so it kind of pushed me because if you have a visionary too long, you have to have that other person that's gonna be like, let's actually do it. That's a really good idea. Yeah. So that's where I come in. So I kind of like, kind of learned from that side of it. It's just like being a visionary is really good and he has really, really great ideas. And I, I like to think that I'm an idea generator as well, but like you have to move the needle forward. And so that's kind of how I learned more about that and got confidence with that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us what growing up, did you grow up in Choctaw? No, I actually, so we moved from Missouri to Oklahoma. I was like in the third grade. Oh, okay. Um, 
yeah and then we really just stayed around the oklahoma city more norman area um i was in more my husband and i lived in more and then we just moved here like a year and a half ago so yeah but we really like it out here we really wanted like an area which is like at least an acre <laughs> so that's what we got nice yeah. what, what brought your family from missouri to oklahoma uh, my dad went back to school um, at Randall University, actually. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, it was used to be called Hillsdale. So yeah. he went there whenever it was like that. My parents met there. It was just like, I felt like that's where I was always going to go. Oh, <laughs> that's so thing. sweet. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah, that. That's what well, so was there anybody else in your family doing, having business ownership other than your dad? Um, no. And I would say I was the first one to graduate too. I just feel like, um, I, I don't know. I have always, and this is what I've been feeling the last two or three years was that feeling of I'm made for more. I'm too smart to be this broke type of feeling. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's I, so good. I am yeah. too smart to be this broke. I love that yeah. line. That is a Caitlinism. Okay. Got it. Like, love that. Like that is how I felt. And I was just like, there has got to be more. Um, so I recognized my talents. I recognized like that, but I didn't know what to do with it. I was very lost. I was very burnt out. Even just three or four months ago, I just felt like, ah, there's got to be more. And I just feel so thankful, so blessed every day to have found alignment finally, like for the first time in my life. <laughs> what, what was the catalyst? What was, I mean, I, 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 there's lots of people out there that listen mm -hmm. to this podcast that are like, I'm stuck in this nine to five or, you know, I'm gra I just graduated or I hate my job and I want to mm -hmm. do something for myself. I know I made for more. How did you find that purpose and direct it towards something that you wanted to achieve? So I have been working closely with kind of like a mindset coach person. And what we have found together is that basically that four days before I was going to start that eight to five consistent thing that was coming it like for the for the eight months previous to that I was pushing so hard that it was becoming like a desperation thing that I was mm -hmm. going towards so fast and so once I was like all right I have something lined up something's coming lights at the end of the tunnel it released that it released that pressure of desperation or I've got to have that it released that and allowed the flow of alignment to come in right there. It was like, okay. Cause it's so interesting that that happened right whenever I had something like consistent on the line. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just that release of pressure. And then, but that is so hard to do whenever you're in that moment. Um, it is so hard <laughs> to do, but it, it brought me here. <laughs> yeah. So mindset coach. I, I also have one and worked with several coaches before, you know, if you're feeling stuck, I promise you that there, you don't have to go and get a degree in psychology to figure out your own brain. You don't have right. to go through a, through some huge program or, or something like that in order to, to find that alignment. There are people out there, you know, tons of coaches for very specific purposes that can help you move forward and bravo to you for seeking that out, because I know it's made yeah. a huge impact on my life as well. Having yeah. that outside perspective, paying someone that's been there and done that and knows the way that can grab your hand. So let's go. I know I've been there. I'm, yeah. I'm coming, you know, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Let's dig deep. Like 
this person I work with makes you feel so uncomfortable, but she doesn't just let you sit there. She like, you know, she comforts you in the uncomfortable. So that is what happened. (laughs) Is her name Kim by any chance? It's Kayla. Oh, okay. Kayla. uh, Kayla Birch. Oh, Kayla Birch. I don't know Kayla. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotta meet her. She, um, yeah, she's really cool. Really. She's all about like the limiting beliefs, subconscious thoughts and stuff like that. I'm actually capturing Mm -hmm. for her retreat this weekend. So in broken. Oh, how great. Excited. Yeah. How fun. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. So fun. Yeah. I, um, I don't know what I was going to say about that, but, um, (laughs) anyway, yeah. uh, Coaches, coaches have helped me tremendously in, in, trying to figure out my path and my way. Um, so, so what's next for you? What are you, what's on the horizon? What are you, um, what are you seeking? So what I'm seeking is like, what I'm picturing is having like six monthly clients that want this on a consistent basis. Um, I actually only have like one spot left for that. So that's going really great. So like the monthly basis, and then I'll have the sprinkled in one-time content sessions. And then in the future, I want my husband to get the pilot license for the drone. And so that we can at least add that too. So Yeah, Yeah. that's what I see for the future. I mean, originally I thought like, I'll just do this for like two years and then I could work, like walk in any marketing agency and just get a great job, right? But I'm just like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you know, I think you'll figure that out. A lot of people, you know, when they, when they go into that entrepreneurial journey, they, they realize, um, in fact, my, one of my newest team members told me, um, she said, you know, I thought I wanted to be an entrepreneur and then I got into it and I realized I'm really an entrepreneur. I love to make other people look great. I love to be in the weeds of the systems and the processes and behind the scenes. And, and so, figuring that out. And she's a very young person. So figuring that out was very valuable to her. Um, so you have so many options, right. And you know, now that you can go pivot 180 degrees and go a different direction, no matter what, because you know, you're capable. Yeah. That's such a great feeling. Yeah. What is your, what does your husband do? So no. my husband works at OnQ. We actually met at OnQ. He's been there a very oh, long time. I love <laughs> yeah. it. Oh OnQ my God, I love OnQ. place of love. <laughs> it is. Oh, how great. <laughs> yeah, that's what oh he gosh, does. And he's also in the Army, um, the Army National Guard Reserve. So um, yeah, those are the two things that he does. And he also really likes making content. Um, he's like Gonzo the Fisherman on YouTube. And uh, oh, fun. He's, He's really good at it. So at first, whenever I first like had this idea, it was kind of like, because he does it for a hobby, right? So at first, it was a little difficult for him to like understand, like that I'm taking my hobby and making it something. You're turning my hobby into your job? What the heck? Yes, exactly. That's what it was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's (laughs) catching on though. Yeah. So it's going good. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about your family. Uh, You have a daughter, Mm -hmm. Julian, and your parents are still here? Yeah, Julian is two, and Jeff is here, and my parents live in Shawnee. So they live really close to the mall. And um, so, oh, and my mom watches my daughter a lot. Um, I would not be able to do what I do without her. Um, so I'm super thankful for her every day. Um, shout out to mom. My mom did the same thing when I was in nursing school with my baby. I mean, all the time was with that mom, with that Grammy. 
Yeah. So if my mom is sick, like yesterday, I've been networking with a mobile IV infusion uh, company, right? And so whenever my mom told me yesterday that she woke up sick, I was like, I have got to have a babysitter. And so I got, <laughs> I got that IV infusion person to her within an hour and nice. she did an awesome job. She's feeling a lot better today. <laughs> it's great to know people, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. You become the guy that knows the guy. Mm-hmm. So talk about networking a little bit. Um, people yeah. are scared of it, right? People, a lot of people don't understand it when they're new to business. Tell us, I mean, we already know how meeting Kate has like helped yeah. move you forward, but, but what was your first networking experience and what did you, uh, what did you take from that and learn? Oh my goodness. My first one, I don't know if you've been to one of these, but the conversations over cocktails for mix and mingle. Have okay. You been to one no, of those? I have not. Okay. That was not the one to start with. <laughs> Very busy, huh? Yeah. There was like 300 people in this room and I couldn't hear myself oh, think because it, it's conversations over cocktails. So yeah. it's just like not what I thought it was going to be. And sometimes networking events are like that. You think right. they're going to be one way and then you get there and you're like, stimulation overload like Shit. So, <laughs> it was yeah it wasn't even an experience of like okay now you have to speak it was like I can't speak I don't know who to talk to like that was one of the most intimidating experiences for me because if you like I'm really extroverted so and I feel for the introverted people I adopt them you know extroverts yeah, yeah, adopt introverts. yeah and but as an introvert at a networking it you know, I think I would just say practice, 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 keep going, keep showing up. But as an extrovert, that's actually where I thrive because I have just found that it's like more about relationship building. I think that's the key is like, take out the thing from your mind about like, let me just see how many business cards I can just snatch up or let me see yes. how many clients I can get from this experience. Just go in trying to make friends and right. you will have so much more success. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I call them card shovers. It's not, <laughs> no, I, I'm definitely the card collector. Cause I want to like be able to connect with someone later that I might not yeah. have got to talk to very long, very long, but yeah. the ones that come up and hand you that here's my card, here's my card, here's my card. They're card shovers. Like nobody wants that. Like, yeah. stop it. I want it like a spray bottle. Yeah. Quit, you quit. can tell whenever they're doing that, you can tell it's a checklist in their mind and they're yeah. getting in their own way with that. Um, so don't be a card shover. <laughs> don't be a card shover. Oh, nobody likes that. And, you know, ask a question. I, one thing I can't remember mm -hmm. who said this to me right early on. Most people don't go to those things prepared right? They just mm -hmm. go like not knowing what to expect, but you know, obviously you want to prepare your, your 60 second elevator pitch to be able to tell who you are, what you do and how can people connect with you. Um, but having a question already ready to go that I want to ask Caitlin, you know, what are you most proud of in your life? What are you most proud of in your business? People mm -hmm. want to answer those kind of questions. Like we don't get to brag on ourselves very often. So when we ask someone else a question that we already have loaded, then knowing what your answer to that question is, because since the lazy person, and I hate to call our networking friends lazy, but they haven't prepared as much <laughs> as we have most of the time. So when right. we ask them that question, what are they going to do? They're going to turn around and ask you right back. And then you get to answer right. your favorite question. So that, that's yeah. a tip that someone gave me really early on. I was like, Hey, this really, this is great. It helps. Yeah. to make that connection, like you said, with them personally versus just, what do you do? Well, mm -hmm. I do a lot of stuff and a lot of people don't know how to wrap that up in a bow, but yeah, asking them ask, personal. 
questions. Yeah. If you just ask, what do you do? It's just like, I do this. What do you do? And then if then in that moment, here's a little bit of psychology. You're like trying to think about like, can we connect? Can I help them? Can I not? And so it could easily be like a no and go on to the next instead of like actually connecting and just asking what they're proud of. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm proud of a lot of things that last seven weeks. Like, I think one of the most things I'm proud of is like having a client want me like she literally texted me Monday morning. Can you fly out with me to Austin, Texas on Friday and get content capital one sponsoring it? Like, Within seven weeks. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah. So this has been up. insane. Yeah. <laughs> been That's insane. so great. That's yeah. so great. So oh my gosh. asking those questions is definitely a big connector. I definitely agree. Like, what are you proud of? What's your biggest goal that's coming up? What are you currently betting on yourself to do right now? Like, that is what I see that I did in August is that I bet on myself and eight months prior, I just felt like I gave up too much control on like the financial meter. I was just busy building all these like building blocks of the business. Went, and so I pivoted to, okay, now it's up to you. And I actually feel most comfortable whenever it's like that, whenever it's up to me, you know? Yeah. I don't know if you yeah. relate to that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Delegation is very difficult for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I like to, uh, I like, I'm a control freak, you know, I like to, I like to know what's going to happen and, and know that it's going to happen because I'm the one responsible for it, which, yeah. which is something I'm getting over, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's for a little hard. perfectionism and, uh, you know, maybe a little people pleaser. Yeah. We're yeah. all working through that kind of stuff. I think <laughs> yeah. from, time, from time to time. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. So (laughs) you're on the queen's lead podcast. Tell us what a queen leader looks like to you. A queen leader looks like to me, I think a big part of it is the relationship building and just the genuinely connecting with other people, um, I think is like a leadership skill, just being able to connect with people in a genuine way and taking action, taking even messy action, like <laughs> messy action. Yes. Messy action. That's yeah. it. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. You got to do it. Um, Like, yeah, you just got to do it if you want it to do happen. It. And <laughs> I felt like I was like looked over for like the last eight months prior to that. And so whenever I announced like my idea, I was like, I only need a little bit of interest and I won't show up on Monday. And it was a huge interest. And I was like, okay, I've got to do this. Now I should probably create a website. That's why it's a Canva website. <laughs> like I was, yeah, I was so used to being looked over. So I'm like, okay, now we got to do this. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. If you don't ask it. for something, you don't get it, do you? Right. And you got to be specific. Um, That's another thing that Kayla talks about is she's like, if you go to a restaurant and you say, um, and the waiter asks you, what would you like today? And you're like, well, I don't want anything too cold. And he's like, okay, but what do you want? Well, I don't want anything too sweet. You know, you have to be specific with what you're wanting in life, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. And have you found that you're kind of coming back around to the dreams you had as a child? What did you, what did, what did Caitlin want to be when she grew up? What did eight-year-old Caitlin want to be? I wanted to be, I don't, I don't know if it was a, um, a job description, 
but I knew that I wanted to be connecting with people. I knew that I wanted to make a difference. Um, job description wise, I probably said a veterinarian, but <laughs> I knew that I wanted to be seen and growing up, like even in, that's been something I've been working through this last year, because you can say that as an eight year old, right? I want to be seen. I want people to know me. I want to have friends. Um, but as you're 29, I'll be 29 in December. And I'm like actually taking up space because whenever you're eight, you don't go through all the things that you've gone through whenever you're like 29. Right. So I'm like, yeah. oh, now I got to actually take up space and be visible and allow that and not take everything so personally, which has been something I've been working through too. There has been so much changes in my life in the last like 10 months now. It's been a wild year. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. I, I think, you know, connecting with those, <sighs> my speaker coach says, the, the labels and the lies that we've told mm -hmm. ourselves, you know, like eight-year-old Caitlin wanted to be seen and connecting with people. And you weren't exactly sure what that meant and seeking mm -hmm. the degree and, and ping-ponging out through all these places and all the experiences have finally landed you where you are today. And even that place might not look like it does in 10 years, but you're still right. doing the things that you've always felt that calling that internal yeah just that feeling that, you know, yeah. to do for you. And it's really hard as it's not hard as a kid to take up space, but at least for me growing up in the eighties, we were told, Shh, sit down, shut up, be quiet. You're too mm -hmm. much. You're too loud. You're too all of these things. And so we spend decades trying to, at least I have spent decades trying to not be that. And now all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I'm allowed to take up space. I'm allowed mm -hmm. to be fully human and fully here. And, and that's okay. That's yeah. a hard thing to rewire. Yeah, especially in that same kind of um, thing is like, one thing I remember is like, if you talked back, it's disrespectful, you're not allowed to like have an opinion. Um, yeah. So these queens rising up and have an opinion, like, that's amazing. I love to see it. <laughs> Hell yeah, we're taking over, you know, I think we're finally getting um getting our place in the room and our seat at the table and, and yeah. the more organizations and, and, um, and places and businesses I see with women at the helm, they're just better. <laughs> they, just have, <laughs> they just have amazing cultures, at least yeah. as a part of the leadership, because, you know, it's just not about just like diversity among men. It's about right. diversity in all ways. And when we can yeah. all come together and all have that different input from our different experiences in life, it just makes things better. So yeah. I'm also very proud to see More women well stepping up. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah, right. Exactly. That's awesome. So we're almost at the end of our time. I can't believe it's gone so by so fast already. I'm so <laughs> happy that you're here. I'm so excited yeah. for what you're doing. Um, is there anything I didn't ask you that you wish I would have asked you? Or something that you're like, I don't want to get off this call without saying to the public. Um, maybe, um, if anybody is like watching and inspired by your story, but not really sure how this, like how they could implement anything that you said or what they could do in their life to try and find their purpose. Like, what would you say to them type of thing, I guess? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Cuz I mean, this is all about like practical advice. I know sometimes it's hard to actually like 
feel like it's practical because I know that in the headspace that I was in two or three months ago, it was just like a lot of things were just flying over my head because the brain does that to you. But um, yeah, I think I just want to speak to um, just encouraging the audience, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You can absolutely find, um, find your purpose. And I think it's just, it's asking yourself questions, you know, mm-hmm. you know, what is important to me? What kind of impact do I want to have? And then saying, why, why? And answering that question out loud, you know, in, in why is that important? And why is that important? And why, and keep tunneling, like you said, go deep, not wide, right? Go deep into oh, yes. why is that important? And, and then you begin to see, um, the things that you didn't think maybe were a job that actually are a job or your, yeah. your craft and your gift uh, yeah. can be utilized for the world because we got one chance, man. Yeah. We have to let everybody know that it's possible for them too. But I think finding that center, that core, that purpose within you, within mm-hmm. you, within you, not within your kids, not within your mom, not within your partner, not within your job not within anything else, but within you, because you are the person that will always be with you from now until forever. That's guaranteed. Nothing else is. That was hard for me to swallow. Yeah. And to just (laughs) accept that you're worth that. You are worth it. Like you matter. And so it's important. So it's one thing to like realize that, but also let it sink in that you are worth it. You can do it. You are capable. Like all of those things is very important to know for yourself. That's right. It's not for somebody else. Queen leadership is for all of us and we can move forward. The Queen's Lead podcast is recorded worldwide and produced by the kick-ass media team at the Height Digital home base in Nicaragua. Until our next episode, stay real queens and go lead. Remember to tap that follow and leave your review. For freebies and more real, inspiring content you love, go to amysingleton.net. And connect with Amy on our socials at The Real Amy Singleton. One more thing. This is the legal language, what my lawyer wrote and what I need to read to you. This podcast is presented for educational and entertainment purposes only. I am Amy Singleton, and I'm just your friend. Although I may speak to many on this show, I am not a psychotherapist, a business coach, a doctor, a CPA, a lawyer, or probably anyone who should be giving you professional advice. This podcast is not a substitute for a relationship with your doctor, coach, or any other licensed professional. Got it? Good. Now go be a queen and follow me at The Real Amy Singleton.